Yo, it's B Money on the ones and twos. And we got DJ Ash here. What up, DJ Ash? Why do I get DJ Ash, but you get a fucking B Money? Because I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> uh, sad, sad. That's uh, stuff. Dude, how you been? Um, pretty good. Pretty happy. You just got to work, right? Yeah, I just got here. So you get uh, to work at what, 10? Yeah, because, um, so this is how crazy California is. So any normal people work at eight to five or a nine to five, nine to six or whatever. And I can't because where I live, the traffic is so bad that if I were to leave at seven or seven 30, like I'm technically with no traffic, my job is around 30 minutes away, but because of the traffic here, I have to leave. Like if I were to leave and and need to get to work by eight, I would leave around six thirty. So that's an hour and a half drive. And then by the time I need to leave by five, that drive is about two hours. So I flex my schedule to accommodate the traffic. So I leave at nine ten, nine twenty ish, and I get to work around ten. Today I woke up a little late, so I was a little late today. Um, but nobody's checking for me. Um, I, I can kind of like, I have a salary, so I don't need to clock in. Um, but yeah, so I come in at 10 and I leave at seven so that my commute's 30, 40 minutes instead of an hour and a half, two hours. So that's gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking be money over here and DJ Ash. <laughs> All right. Well, today that's we're awesome. going to be talking about, um, high protein foods that are causing havoc on your digestion. Yeah, like a follower, because I put posted, I saw this actually on Jim Snark. Um, I like to lurk there every now and then, just like I just find it very interesting. Um, but I saw this like screenshot of this girl who eats these bagels that have like gram for gram the same amount of protein and carbs, which is should be just a fucking red flag from the get-go, but it was like 25 to 27 grams of protein. I don't remember exactly, but it was like 25 grams of protein, 25 grams of carbs. And then like, I don't know, like three or four grams of fat. But like, if you looked at the carbs, the dietary fiber was 17 in a fucking bagel. And of course you look at the ingredients and it's all just like wheat gluten, right? It's like fucking the wheat, the wheat gluten that like, you know, some vegans and vegetarians think is like a great source of protein, which it's not, it's the protein digestibility is shit. And if you want to learn more about it, you, we did a podcast on it, which I can link in the show notes, but like, I'm kind of over the whole, like macro friendly, if it fits your macros trend, because like, there is so many gut issues that arises and also even mental health issues. Like in the post that I just did the other day about like macro hoarding and having like a serious freak out, if your coach wants to move your carbs around training to optimize your physique and most likely your physique goal. Like some people freak out because they want a macro hoard at the end of the day, because they want these like high protein, low carb, low fat snacky foods, because like they don't know how to eat and they, they have forgotten like the art of eating real food, but they mm-hmm. wonder why they're bloating or maybe they have like constipation or diarrhea, or just like I said, like this weird, like mental food compulsion around food that drives them that shit crazy where they can't like be adaptable and essentially like all the things that I talked about. So that's what we're talking about today is like understanding the fact that like just eat the real thing, (laughs) I think is just like the better thing to do. So like, you know, the big brand that I used to abuse the fuck out of was Quest. 
Like, like, well, go. Let me tell you the my quest addiction. Okay, so this was the era of if it fits at Matt, if your fits at macros for Coach Ash. So this was especially prevalent when I was first going vegan slash vegetarian because like I wasn't sure about protein, so I was doing beans and rice, which is a whole another topic. But then also Quest bars because I was like, well, I don't know how to get my protein, so I'll just use like a <laughs> whey isolate Quest bar. And guys, I shit you not. A very typical full day of eating for me would include usually two to three quest bars. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I remember once I saw your fiber count like a long yeah. time ago and I was like, how the fuck is she getting that much fiber? It was like, it was like 60, 70 grams type. Like, yeah, it was a lot. Like it was I mean, a lot. That, wasn't, that was, was when I was vegan. That wasn't even my quest days though. My quest days. I mean, I don't remember how many grams of fiber a quest bar has, but like, still three to four a day. And then plus, like I was just on the verge of the quest chip era. So then like, I oh, might yeah. also have quest chips too, which by the way, those fucking suck. Like, if you really think they're good, you're lying to yourself. Like they, 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 they feel like dry crumbs. Yes. Like they feel like dry crumbs in your mouth. Like, sorry, quest. I don't care to be sponsored by you, but no. <laughs> you like it, they, they're not good. Um, and I think that people just get really caught up in the idea of like volumizing their food and they kind of like want to avoid for some reason having just like chicken and actual like quality sources of protein for some reason. I think, I think it was cool. Um, when the whole, if it fits your macros era, actually, I don't even know if it, your fit, your, if it fit your macros, if that era is still going on, cause I'm so out of it. Like it might still be very oh, well. It definitely going. is. Okay. Definitely so, is so sure. who knows? Cause everybody that I surround myself with, including my athletes, like they all do whole foods. Like we don't do the macro friendly shit. Like we're just, we're just not, if you want to be coached by me, I'm, I'm going to give you whole foods and that's that. I'm going to give you a list right. of whole foods that I like for you to eat. Um, but I think it's like uncool to like eat like a, like a bodybuilder does like a, like a, some, or not even just a bodybuilder, but somebody that is prioritizing whole foods. Like it's, it's boring. Um, but keeping things simple is the best way to progress and to make sure that you are actually tracking your food accurately. Um, so it's more than just like, I remember when I was in my phase, like I would eat, I would never eat anything that was outside of a package. Like I had to have a nutrition thing there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wouldn't eat like chicken breast, like cook it myself. I would go buy made chicken breast and track that. Um, it was weird. Like, I don't think, and I didn't even think that far. I didn't think like, oh, I can just make that. I could just do that myself. And it would be much healthier because there's lots of things and preservatives that they add into, um, prepackaged meat and stuff like that, that, um, it elongates the shelf life, which, you know, isn't necessarily good for you in large quantities. Um, so I remember I was so out of the loop with, eating whole foods. And so into, if it fits your macros and what everyone else was doing that I didn't even realize, I think throughout my whole first prep, I didn't even have a vegetable until like eight weeks out when I was dying. And I was like, I probably need some vegetables. And then they started tasting good because I didn't have any food at eight weeks out when really eight weeks out, like you should still have some food in. Um, but I didn't have any food because I was progressing so slowly from the way that I was eating. Um, but also my coach didn't catch that. He just thought, Oh, she, she's just, her metabolism's adaptive, but it might not even be that my metabolism is adaptive. It's that I wasn't eating the correct foods to fuel my body, to feel workouts and things like that. So my food, so my intake was just low as fuck. And I probably didn't have a vegetable 
or like even egg whites or stuff like that until my macros got poverty. And I was like having to separate macronutrients to where like, I need to eat protein as protein and carbs as carbs and stuff like that, because I was feeling so unsatisfied and I had such low macros that it was very difficult. Um, but the reason why, and I think we should probably touch on this is the reason why like the fiber content in these, um, in these food selections are so high is because they're not actual fiber. Um, they are like known as like fake fiber, like it, like, and quote, um, it's, it's something called a, like a IMO or it's, it's like a syrup, like a sugar alcohol type. And that's what the fiber is. So it's not considered a sugar, but it's a long chain molecule. And so it, disrupts like the digestive pattern of what's going on with you. Um, and on top of that, it's not actual fiber. So your fibrous, like vegetables, your fibrous foods, fruits and carbs and and fats and things like that. Those are actual, uh, soluble, insoluble fiber sources, but the fiber that you're getting from these macro-friendly sources are kind of either, or they're more of a corn fiber, um, soluble. So that's why it's wrecking your system. And that's why there's so much of it in one. Um, and it's very easy for people to want to have macro-friendly, uh, foods and protein sources because of the fiber content, because they don't need to track in fiber at any other time. They feel like they don't. So if you have a quest bar, let's say and it's 17 grams of fiber. Okay. Well, and your fiber goal is 25 grams. Well, you can fill the rest of your macros with a bunch of crap theoretically. Yep right? You don't have to go whole foods and get your fiber in from whole foods. You can have a lot of processed stuff. Um, and so that's why it's very appealing for people, but understand that this type of fiber is not something that is, is sustainable for your digestive system to keep up with. It can, it cannot keep up with that amount of fiber in, um, one sitting and it will cause you issues, especially when fiber is not distributed throughout the day evenly. Yep. So like I was bloated constantly constantly during those fiber days, constantly. It was terrible, absolutely terrible. And even when you look on the ingredients of like those quest chips or quest bars and stuff, it's like the first ingredient, which when you're reading a nutrition label is like the ingredient in the most of the the highest amount. So it's like, it goes protein, which protein is not purely whey isolate. It's also a whey isolate and milk protein. So, you know, they're kind of like fudging the system a little bit and giving you a less quality protein that they're advertising. And then the next thing is that corn soluble fiber, mm-hmm. like the next ingredient. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck. And yeah. obviously like quest is like, we're picking on quest. Cause I think it's the most known, but like even things like protein cakes, like I've seen like these yeah. people of protein cakes or cookies, yeah. like for fuck's sake, if you're struggling that hard to meet your protein and you're having to rely off like these fake packaged goods, like you need someone to give you some better education and guidance because like, honestly, a hundred grams of chicken breast is not that much chicken breast. It's honestly not that much. It's not like a good, a, like a fuck ton of amount. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, it's, you know, 32 grams of good quality protein. And again, it has a great macronutrient and micronutrient profile. Like it should not be over, over it. it I think people are overthinking it. I think they see like YouTube videos of like high protein ice cream where it's like, they add in fucking xanthan gum and make like protein ice cream in a blender the size of like a small baby. And they're like, oh, well, I can eat that and feel really full. But it's like, yes, you will. But at what cost? 
And then, you know, going off of what you said in prep, like not really eating a vegetable until eight weeks out. Well, then you have the other crowd where as soon as you get a slight deficit, they break out the fucking cauliflower rice and zucchini noodles. Mm -hmm. And then like, they're just, their belly is so swollen because like, in a way it's a disordered eating. Like it's a, it's a fear of running out of food, right. Which causes these issues to arise. And I'm speaking from experience here, like breaking out the cauliflower rice, zucchini noodles, like eating big ass salads. Like I go to Trader Joe's and eat like a full bag of Trader Joe's packaged lettuce with like mushrooms and zucchini noodles and cauliflower rice. And it would be like in one sitting so much fiber and so much cruciferous vegetables where it's like, I would feel full, but I'd also feel sick because it was so much at one sitting. Right. And honestly, ungodly. It's like an odd feeling because you feel full, but you're not satisfied. Yes. Like you're not, you're not um, happy after you still want more. You wish you had more um, really like when you start dieting and I've had to, I've had, I've coached people on letting go of voluminous eating um, and how to get their minds out of this idea that they need to be eating a ton at one in one sitting um, and detaching from that because there's an, there's an attachment that happens in the action of eating that is entertaining because it's something that you're doing. Um, it's something to do, especially when you're in prep, like you honestly sometimes don't have much to do when you're in prep because you can't do much. Um, and so it's easy to fill your time with stuff to do and easy to elongate the time that you're eating because you feel happier in the moment. Um, but after it's gone, you're looking at the next thing or you're, and also you don't feel very good digestive wise, digestive wise. Um, and so these types of behaviors are, are disordered eating. And when you are in contest prep, to be honest with you, it shouldn't be so much different from your off season or your, your time where you might be maintaining or whatever you're doing. Your foods don't change very much, just the amounts do. And it's not until like, and I'm just speaking very, I'm tipping my tipping toes right here, but you don't have to go into volume eating, but you also definitely don't have to right when you get into a deficit. Like people act like they get into their diet and they have to switch everything up. Yep. Like, oh, I'm dieting now, even though I still have like 2,300 calories and I'm a girl, I'm going to start breaking out like those shirataki noodles. And you know what those are? Those nasty. Yes, those zero oh calories. My gosh. Oh my God, um, terrible. You don't need to do that. Like you just lower your food and you, cause you don't need that much food, lower your food and detach from that volume eating do not feel like you have to go into this dieting mode where you bring out the dieting foods. You can have the same foods, just lower amounts. And I promise you, your body will, will adapt and be much happier and less stressed out doing that. Like I just, I'm not even going to lie. Like right now I'm dieting technically, but I'm not in a contest prep and I have been getting really, really hungry. Um, last night, like I couldn't sleep because I had to have like a half a protein shake because I, my anxiety went up because I was so hungry and I'm not even in a contest prep. Right. Um, but my first thing wasn't to, okay, tomorrow I have to break out like a ton of shit to make sure that I have my volume eating. Right. Right. It was more so I need to make sure that I'm hydrated. Maybe I wasn't hydrated. You know, maybe I didn't have enough water yesterday. Maybe I had more activity than usual. 
Maybe I was a little bit more stressed out. So I need to focus on managing those things rather than thinking I need to change the volume of my food when previously I would have been like, okay, it's time to do um, shirataki noodles and cucumber salads and eat like random things throughout the day to get myself through. Um, it's really just other things that I might need to focus on. So I would think about that as well before you dip into trying to feel like you're eating more, maybe you need to manage some other things in your life that might be happening um, that are causing you, especially when you're dieting, um, a little bit more hunger than you would like. So. Absolutely. I remember I once had a consult with this girl um, and she was a plant-based athlete and I looked at her full day of eating and she did not have a single vegetable on there. It was all these high protein tortilla wraps with like powdered Mm -hmm. peanut butter and protein powder. Um, it was those, those noodles, um, like this high protein cereal. I mean, like just all shit. And like, she looked like she had like a little Buddha belly. She wasn't fat by any means. She was just so distended and bloated from all of the shit she was eating. And so I was like, well, if you want to like lose weight, we need to like rehaul your diet and actually eat like some quality sources of protein and some vegetables and some, some fruit for crying out loud. Like not like all this processed shit. And like, I think that's like the downfall of people is like, they don't realize that like, they're so macro focused when in reality they should be macro and micro focused because like, if you don't have micros, your body's not going to do what it, what it needs to do to like help you to achieve your goal, whether that's fat loss or whether that's muscle gain. Yeah. And then the reverse side, like when you're coming out of contest prep and you like, you know, you pretty much have finished your reverse and hunger signaling is, is normal. You're still eating these high volume foods, even though you have plenty of macros to spare like that's also disordered. Now, granted, like some of it might be bad habits too, that you just had picked up from contest prep and kind of like forgot about, but Mm -hmm. like, it also can be disordered too, because you're thinking like, Oh, what if I don't have enough like macros for like my, my like before bed snack or whatever. It's like, well, one plan accordingly, like plan out your full day of eating in advance and make sure you have something before bed that would make you happy. But at the same time, like understand that, like, you're not going to be hungry. Like you're not going to go hungry in your, you know, your, your health phase or your off season growth phase, whatever. Like, and if you are like Britt said, there's something else that you need to address, whether it's stress, hydration, like maybe better um, protein spacing throughout the day. Like maybe you're bored. And so like, you're hungry because you're bored, but you're not actually hungry. You're bored. And so maybe that is cue to you to pick up a new hobby or do something else. But like food typically isn't going to be the answer in this scenario. It's other things, but food tends to be like a coping mechanism because it definitely was for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Also, um, in regards to like transitioning from macro-friendly foods and things like that, I mean, even, even carb, carb quote, friendly foods have a ton of fiber. I mean, I was looking at a, a tortilla the other day. It was a low carb tortilla. And it Mm -hmm. had like one little thing had like seven grams of fiber. So if you have two of those motherfuckers, like, like 14 grams right there, (laughs) like, like the carb counter ones, like, yeah, for me, it was the Olay or mission carb counter. Yeah. 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 But in regards to like transitioning and like letting go, at least what helped me, um, was I started doing so much research on the people that were, are successful in bodybuilding and what they eat. That's where I started, things started to click for me. Um, and I also at the time was following my coach, Mark, and I was correlating a lot of things he was doing with 
some of the research I was doing. And I started like, you know, how, I mean, I would macro hoard at night. So I would make sure I had two big meals to have um, after work and I would smoke my weed and I would just eat like, (laughs) and um, then I started to look at what other people were eating, successful bodybuilders. And I started to mirror what they were doing. And I would have, instead of like pancakes, pancakes, like two servings at night, plus whatever the fuck else I wanted to put on top of it. Um, I started eating like chicken, rice, avocado, olive, like olive oils and stuff like that. And I noticed how much better I felt, even though I was still, I was still macro hoarding at night. I still felt better. So then I was like, Hmm, okay, maybe I should move this meal post-workout. Like maybe I should move that meal over here. And then I started getting the hang of it. And I was like, Oh wow, I feel so much better. And my, and I'm training so much harder. And, and then I got my period back and it was crazy. It was like, yeah, it was crazy. Um, and then I reached out to Mark and stuff. So that's, that's the, the impact that this type of stuff has when it, in regards to like micronutrient, uh, deficiencies and having a micronutrient dense diet. Um, and so just when you're letting go, remember the bigger picture of why you're doing it. And that sometimes you need to change in order to see the change that you want. Yeah. Um, Cause if you're looking for hormonal health, but you're doing all the macro hoarding stuff, all the macro friendly stuff, you're not going to see a change. Yep. If you're looking f- uh, for digestive health, same thing. Um, so keep all those things in mind um, when you are moving forward, trying to let go of that, that bad habit of a lifestyle. Yeah. So, Shit, even if you're looking for muscle growth, like yeah. your markers matter. That shit matters. Matters mm-hmm. so much. So freaking much. And I like, saw full sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, especially if you're in a growth phase, like if you're like pushing peds, it becomes mm-hmm. extra important to have those micros. I saw a full day of eating from this kid, this YouTuber, and it was all like him eating macro friendly in the early parts of the day like macro friendly mm-hmm. foods, like low carb and everything. He even trained on it, he even trained like fasted and all that shit. Ugh. And then at night he had a whole pizza. And I was like, <laughs> that's, so, that's so disordered. Like that breaks it's, my heart. Cause I used yeah. to do that. It's so disordered. But people watch that shit. Like people watch that shit. And I'm yeah. like, and they look at that and they're like, oh, I can eat. And there's even coaches that are like, oh, you know, you can eat brownies at night, which is yes, you can eat brownies at night, but it probably was not a good idea for you to hoard all your macros so that you can have brownies at night every single night. Like probably not the best idea. Um, if you think that's a good idea and you're trying to be competitive or you're trying to gain muscle or lose body fat or whatever, you need to realize that if something is too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I learned, uh, during that whole phase in macro tracking, there's a lot of macro friendly foods that, or they say that they're macro friendly, but the nutrition on it is all fucked up. Um, I think that there was this one, there was this one company, I forgot what it was called. What was it called? It was a, it was a nut butter company. It was like a protein nut butter company and they were low balling their, their macros. So people were on prep eating this and fucking up their preps because the company was not honest about what was actually in the, and it was so good. Honestly, it was so sweet. And like, but I noticed that even when I ate it, my BG levels went up and I was, I was heavier the next day. Definitely. 
Um, and so again, if something's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, so just stick to the things that old, like old school bodybuilding has been about this entire time, which is whole foods health or like Um, evolutionary wise whole foods, right? Like (laughs) so for real now. So, oh my God. Well, Well, that's all I got. War flashbacks from like my question. Oh man. (laughs) I'm sorry, past Ashley. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, past Brittany, but we got through this. I mean, like even as I'm, even as I'm in my health phase right now, kind of on the lower end of my, my intake now, like losing about a pound of body weight a week now. So I'm moving, moving pretty quickly and I feel small. Um, Mm -hmm. my face even looks smaller. Yeah. But like, I don't feel like I'm dying. Like, I don't feel like I'm, I feel fine. I even, I'm even still PRing on my lifts and shit. Um, whereas when I started dieting previously, when I was doing this whole macro stuff, I would lose my period immediately. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, right when I was in a slight deficit, my period went away. Mm-hmm. And it was accumulation of things like the slight deficit plus the stress of my mind shifting from, okay, we know now we're not about to not have food. So my body reacted, didn't give me a period. Um, and then also just pulling back on a lot of micronutrients that I didn't need to do. I didn't need to pull back on. Um, so that's a good indicator that something that probably didn't work for me. I just didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. So for sure. No, that's just important, but thanks so much for your question, um, guys. And if you, you have any other questions or like topics that you want Britt and I to discuss, feel free to like DM us on Instagram, um, either Britt, myself, or even the figure it out podcast, but we appreciate you guys. And we'll catch you the next podcast with a special guest. Peace.